Coming up on the Blue Rush Podcast, we might not have sports on, but we do have the NFL Draft next week. Steve Serby and I debate who the Giants should take with the fourth pick. The longtime Giants beat writer at the Post, Paul Schwartz, also drops by to break down the entire draft plan for the Giants as he makes his picks. All that and more next on Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome back, everybody, to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Jake Brown, alongside the star of the show, longtime New York Post football columnist Steve Serby. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're using Apple, rate us five stars and write a nice review. Paul Schwartz will drop by in the second half of the show, so let's get right into it, Serby. We are back with Blue Rush. Steve Serby, how are you amongst the quarantine? Have you gone delirious yet? Well, I was delirious even before the quarantine, so it doesn't really apply to me. My last time in my car was, uh, I believe, March 15, when I took out, withdrew money from my uh, drive through window at my bank. I'm hoping that when I do leave my apartment, that my car will start up. You haven't even been to, like, driven to the grocery store? Do you have a grocery store in walking distance, or you don't do that? My wife does that, uh, with a mask, of course, and uh, other than her two or three times a week visits to pick up either medications or water or whatever we need, we order in. We have a, a Bayside milk farm near us, which delivers and offers curbside pickup. And uh, other than that, you know, a couple of Italian places deliver. Ben's Kosher Deli, which is right near me. The best. I love Ben's Deli. Bay Terrace. It's one of the best. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's right near me. They'll be reopening when Passover ends. And uh, just what do you want? You want a couple of hot? Uh, what do you want? I Tell want me. five large matzo ball soups. Give me a couple hot dogs. Their fries are pretty good. I love their rainbow sprinkled cookies. Whatever yeah, those called. are the best. Well, how come you never called me when you were there? Uh, it's been a while. I talked to the guard Alfonso about that because he's a big Bay Terrace guy. He was like, oh, Bay Terrace, the best. So he he's he might be your neighbor. You might Your neighbor might be a guard Alfonso for all we know. Uh, Rosario used to live uh, in either in my building or the there's two buildings where I live adjacent to one another. And Rosario lived in one of them might have been my building a couple of years ago i'm not sure if he's still here or not i haven't seen him but then again i haven't seen anybody have you gotten it have you go out and walk at all or what do you, I, what do you I go do? for walks here and there when it's nice out when it's nice i try to go for a walk in the park and there's still a decent i live next to astoria park and there's a good amount of people still in the park so you do have to be careful but let's get to football because there is an nfl draft coming up you know before we touch on the nfl draft and the fourth pick and who the giants will take we got to take a second to honor anthony causey just as sad that we lost him on sunday due to coronavirus leaves back two kids his wife and just 48 years old 26 years Serby at the post and I know that you knew him and you could speak a little bit to kind of the high character guy that he really was yeah it's still we're all still devastated over it such a good man such a professional at his job he loved the post he loved what he did I saw him in uh, spring training the uh, beginning of March briefly he was uh, with the Mets and uh, unfortunately um, I'll never see him again and, and it's just He's just such a, a good-hearted guy. It's so heartbreaking that he leaves behind a wife and a five-year-old boy and a two-year-old girl. And he was a sweetheart. He was uh, he was an angel, as uh, I think it was uh, who was a Mariano Rivera or somebody referred to him as. Just I'm at a loss for words. It's just still sad. It's still an emptiness inside me. All of us that work with him at the New York Post and we're lucky enough to know him feel the same way. It's just a, a terrible, terrible. It's terrible for anyone. To 
to have lost his or her life during the during this nightmare. But when it hits home the way it did for us at the New York Post, it's even more more heartbreaking. And uh, I, I don't know what else to say. He was just. I went on one assignment with him to Houston. We flew together, knocked on Andy Pettit's door unannounced. Pettit's wife let us in, and uh, Anthony did his thing. I did my thing, and. Uh, Pettit graciously agreed to let us in. First of all, he bonded with Anthony. Andy Anthony bonded with all the athletes. They they had such an affection for him as we did at the post. He just was a he cared. He was a caring guy, a giving guy. We did our thing and we left the Pettit house and flew home that night. Anthony wanted to stay another day because he wanted that perfect shot as he always does and always did. Pettit unfortunately it was Christmas time, didn't have time, so Anthony and I got back in our rental car and uh, flew home that night. Every time we'd see him at, at any sporting event, he always had a smile. His loss is just a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Yeah, and it's it's been nice to kind of hear all the tributes from writers to people in the industry to players. I mean, it really hits when you see Noah Syndergaard and Derek Jeter, Mariano Rivera. I mean, you're talking about some iconic big athletes. Talk about, you know, the legacy he had and just how nice of a guy he was. And uh, I wish I knew him. I didn't know him. I think I saw him a few times when I would cover Mets games a few years ago ago but I didn't know who he was and now to hear all these stories about him it's really nice and make sure we've retweeted it make sure you donate to his GoFundMe page which I know has six figures have been donated and graciously by many people that will go to his family and it's a tough time you know think about paying for a funeral think about life after this Serbia it's tough for the family so it's nice for people to kind of help out here and you know give the family a helping hand he was a salt of the earth guy the reason the athletes loved him so much was they trusted him I I spoke with his longtime partner Charlie Wenzelberg, who was recovering from the coronavirus, didn't obviously have it as severe as Anthony did. Charlie is more heartbroken than most because he worked with him for 25, 26 years. And Charlie said the reason the athletes loved him the way they did was they trusted him. You know, athletes don't trust a lot of people, but but they trusted Anthony. They knew he would do right by them. And he always tried to do right by everybody. Exactly. Well said. And, um, you know, thoughts and prayers are with his family at this time. Um, let's talk about the Giants. They have the fourth pick, Serbi, and, you know, it's a big debate. Do they go Isaiah Simmons? Do they go offensive line? They still need that offense. They need a lot of help on that offensive line. It is a really bad line that has a future Pro Bowl and a star running back in Saquon Barkley and what you hope to be a future Pro Bowl quarterback, we don't know yet, and Daniel Jones. Where do you go on? Where do you go with that fourth pick? I know you've done like four mock drafts. You still got two more. Who are you taking at number four? Well, let's see. In uh, my first three, no, I, I took Simmons in my second mock draft for the Giants, and I've taken uh, offensive tackle in the other three. Uh, I have to watch a little more tape, to be honest, Jake. I got nothing else to do here in my in my apartment, so it's going to come down to those two, as I think it should for Dave Gettleman. There's arguments for both sides. Again, I don't have access to their draft board. I don't know if you do. I don't think you do, Jake. If Simmons is the highest rated player if he's way above the offensive tackles then I would expect them to pick Isaiah Simmons they need a guy like that desperately on their defense when was the last time they took a linebacker in the first round you know that offhand Jake did we go over this 1984 Jake before you were born Carl Banks I actually texted Carl to come on he couldn't but he actually sends his thoughts and well wishes to you sir well actually I, I he texted me and said how did Jake Brown get my number <laughs> Tell him to lose it. I don't know what you did to aggravate him, but uh, 
No, Carl's a, he's a class act. He would never say that or do that. Offensive tackle, to me, makes them better in that it helps Daniel Jones, who needs better blocking. We saw what a subpar offensive line did, what was left of Eli Manning's career at the end. First two years of Saquon Barkley's career have basically been wasted. And the shelf life of a running back, he's nearing that point. And now he's a freak. He's a different kind of guy, but he is a running back. And in two years, we've seen individual brilliance from Saquon, but there just hasn't been enough blocking for him. Yeah, and that's my thing. I, I think with, with with a young quarterback and a young running back, you have to start building this old line together. And, you know, on the other side of town, Joe Douglas has done that in the offseason. He's still got work to do, but that's been his main focus. I feel like Dave Gettleman has not focused on it. And this is a big draft for Dave Gettleman because if he screws up and if the Giants stink it up again next year, uh, this could be his swan song, his final draft. And look at the Giants' first-round picks since the Super Bowl. I mean, they've, they've used two on a running back. And, you know, running backs are a position that are pretty easy to fill and replace in today's game. 2012 was David Wilson, who I like personally, but, you know, his career was cut short due to an injury. 2013 was Justin Pugh, didn't do much. 2014 was Odell Beckham, who they traded. 2015, top 10 pick was Eric Flowers, and we know how much of a bust that was. 2016 was Eli Apple, who's gone. That was a bust. 2017 was Evan Ingram, who hasn't been able to stay healthy, but you could say that's a good pick, but still a tight end in the first round. 2018, Saquon. Yeah, well, Gettleman, Gettleman's first draft was 2018. That was Jerry Reese took all those guys you mentioned prior to uh, Saquon. But I'm just saying overall, since the Super Bowl, it's been a fail for this team in general, not just Gettleman. This is big for them, and I think they got to start addressing this O-line, Serby. I think it's important. It's been an issue for the Giants since Super Bowl 46, and I think the positional value of an off-ball linebacker is just not the same as an offensive tackle, especially with a young quarterback who has fumbling problems. Well, right. That's the argument for taking the tackle, but they also have to pick the right tackle. People are all over the place in their evaluations of these core four tackles. They can't pick an Eric Flowers, obviously. You know, the year they, they drafted Engram, who's a good player when he's healthy, they passed on Ryan Ramchick, who is an all-pro tackle, right tackle for the Saints. They got to pick the right offensive tackle if they go tackle in the first round, which I think they should. Giant fans are infatuated, as I understand they should be, with Isaiah Simmons. But the positional value argument favors a tackle, the correct tackle. I shouldn't say the right tackle. He could either start on the right side or they could put him at left tackle immediately and move Nate Solder to the right side. Solder will be gone in a year. Cameron Fleming is a swing tackle. I don't think he's he's the guy you want starting every game. So to me, it's offensive tackle unless they have Simmons rated the way they had Saquon Barkley rated. And we don't know that, and we won't know that probably until draft night. So I, I agree with you. Look, you got to help your young franchise quarterback and your generational running back. Yeah, and you look at their old line now, and it's disappointing. Left tackle is essentially Nate Solder, who's been a huge bust since they signed him. Left guard is Will Hernandez, who took a step back last year. Center, Spencer Poley, who's really more of a backup. Their bright spot in their old line is Kevin Zeitler, at right guard. And then, as you said, swing tackle Cameron Fleming to the right tackle. So they, they, some of these guys are really backups for for most teams that are starting for the Giants and you know I think you can argue Serby that a below average offensive line is what ruined Eli Manning Eli Manning is not a mobile quarterback Daniel Jones is much more mobile than he is he's still no Michael Vick but I think you can argue that that's what really crushed Eli Manning is having no line that gave him no time with a generational running back and what they hope to be a generational quarterback you don't want to do it again I mean Eli got two Super Bowls thank God but you don't want to start Daniel Jones career behind a bunch of 
depth guys. You want to start his career behind staple guys. And that's why with the fourth pick in the 2020 NFL draft, and here's a mock booze in, in uh, Roger Goodell's basement. Boo, boo, boo. The New well, you're, York. You're used to getting booed anyway, aren't you, Jake? <laughs> I'm getting booed in my apartment uh, right now by a ghost. Uh, Sam Darnold has seen them too. With the fourth pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the New York Giants select Jedrick Wills, offensive tackle, Alabama. Ooh. And here's why I take Wills. He's Alabama. He's Nick Saban. He'd one of the best offensive linemen in the draft. He's 6'4-310. He's great with his hands. He's got quick feet. He had a 505 40-yard dash, which isn't too bad for a big fella. He can roll his hips well. He was a first team all SEC at Alabama. He only allowed one sack. This is a great stat. One sack on 929 career pass blocking snaps. He's a dominant run blocker. He was a two-year starter at the pretty much the premier school in college football. And I just love everything about him and I know he's dropped on a lot of mocks and worse is the guy for a lot of people. But Serby, with the fourth pick, I'm taking Jedrick Wills. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious. What's your 40 time? Oh, it's probably like 10-10. <laughs> Well, but here's another another argument for uh, taking a tackle. The Redskins are drafting Chase Young with the second pick. Who's going to be blocking him for the next 10 years? Cameron Fleming. <laughs> well, that's the argument. The argument, though, look, the defense has been horrific. If the Giants think Simmons is this generational freak who is rated so high on their board, then, you know, we forget, too. They have more than one pick. The Giants do have a high second-round pick. So it's not do or die with the fourth pick. They can still get a lesser offensive lineman with that 36th pick, and they need a center badly. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went tackle center, but when it comes to the NFL draft, nothing surprises me. Look, I agree. I would go tackle first unless Simmons is rated the way they rated Saquon Barkley. Let's talk with the Giants writer who's probably been watching a lot of tape and that is paul schwartz of the new york post and as i said joining us now is new york giants beat writer for the new york post you can read his stories in the post and at nypost.com it's paul schwartz follow him on twitter at nypost underscore schwartz paul have you been studying tape are you ready for the draft I am ready for the draft. I've been studying tape. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm home, so uh, a lot of film study, so no excuses for me not to be prepared. This is a big draft for Dave Gettleman, Paul, and, you know, if he strikes out on this one, I mean, this could be his swan song. Can you just talk about just how important this is for him to address all the needs that the Giants have? Well, every draft is important for every general manager. Um, You know, Dave Gettleman needs to um, get some hits here. There's no question about that, but I don't think that's on like many other years. The Giants are coming off a bad year. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, they fired a general manager coming off a bad year. John Mara, the owner, has said that, you know, Dave needs to um, get a lot of hits here in free agency, in the draft, uh, needs to show improvement with the team. Yeah, they have a new coach. They have a, um, you know, some new players in free agency and they have the fourth pick. So, yeah, I think that, um, you know, they need to continue to improve this team. And, uh, um, you know, I think the last two years with Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones, they have some two two good players to build around. They need to continue that, certainly with the fourth pick and on uh, throughout this draft. What is the likelihood that Gettleman will trade down for the first time uh, in his career? Well, he's never done it in seven drafts, uh, five with the Panthers and two with the Giants. Um, I think if he ever does it, it'll be this year. But it's it's so easy to say, trade down, trade down, trade down. And you really can't do that by yourself. You need to do that with another trade partner. And I don't think the Giants are in great position to do that. The Lions are sitting at number three. Anybody who wants to come up for a quarterback would probably have to go to three rather than go to four because if they if someone trades up to four, someone else can trade up to three 
and get the quarterback. Um, I'm not sure if any team is going to trade up for um, Tua this year just because of the injury concerns, but you never know. Um, Herbert, uh, maybe even Love from Utah State. You know, teams get a little crazy when it comes to quarterbacks, and it only takes one. And I think especially, look, if the Giants want to sit there and take Isaiah Simmons at four, I think that's fine. If they want to take one of the offensive linemen, I think it really, really behooves them to try to trade down a few spots because those guys will be there at six, seven, um, and uh, you can really improve your draft capital and still get the offensive lineman you want. So, you know, I would certainly endorse a trade down if they can do it. With the fourth pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, Paul Schwartz, a.k.a. the New York Giants, selects... I think they stay at four and take Isaiah Simmons of Clemson, or they stay at four, take one of the three offensive linemen, uh, Wills from Alabama, Wirfs from Iowa, Becton from Louisville. And if they trade down, I still think they take one of those three offensive linemen. I would say right now, I still think they're going offensive line. So I, I would say right now, um, I'm not going to project the trade because it's kind of a bogus thing to do in a mock draft to predict the trade. Um, you can do it. It's fine. You know, it's just kind of hard to, that's real fantasy football to projecting a trade. So I, I just have a gut feeling it will be Wills of Alabama. I would not be surprised at all if it's Wirfs or Beckton. I just think Wills, there's a connection there with Alabama and with Joe Judge. I think that's a connection. But th- that's what I, I think they desperately need an offensive tackle. And I so I think that's what they'll do. More importantly, Paul, what what was you why did you pick Quarterman for Mr. Irrelevant? Well, looking from the film, I think he is um he's he's um two hundred and fifty-five on my big board. You know, I have a very big board. He right now is my two hundred and fifty-fifth prospect. And as we all know, two hundred and fifty-five is the last pick of the draft. Um I'm really thankful for that this year, that when this whole draft goes late into the um night on um I guess that would be Saturday and the seventh round is is finishing up and everyone's ready to pull their hair out. The Giants have four seventh round picks, including the very last one in the draft. So I will give Dave Gettleman an A for this draft. If he trades out of the last two picks in the seventh round and allows my night to end earlier, but Quarterman has all the intangibles, you know, as you know, Steve, from your film study, all the intangibles, all the prerequisites for a guy who should be taken at 255. You can argue, Paul, that, you know, the offensive line was the demise of Eli Manning. It was always a below average offensive line that he's been behind, which is why I think, and I think we all agree, and it's something that Dave Gettleman's talked about since he's always talking about hog mollies. He's talking about pups and hog mollies. He's going to be with Joe Exotic at the zoo soon uh, with this terminology he's using, but it's it's really so important for Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley to have blockers that, you know, it's not about Spencer Poley and Will Hernandez and, uh, you know, Kevin Zeitler the one staple and Cameron Fleming this offensive line right now might get Daniel Jones killed and it might have him fumbling like he did in his rookie year so I think you you got to see not just the first round but you got to see three or four really strong O-linemen picked in this draft that could potentially become starters in the coming years well, I think three and four is a bit much, Jake, uh, but you're right. Um, you're, the only thing you're not right about Gettleman as far as Tiger King, because um, last I checked, I think Gettleman has most or all of his own teeth. So that would probably <laughs> preclude him from, from you know, uh, Joe Exotic's world. Um, but you know, look, I mean, I, I agree with you that that if you want to 
circle one thing. Now, there are fans who say, look, dummy, it was the defense that that that, that hurt Eli Manning down the stretch. You know what? Of his of his career. It's all right. The defense was terrible. The offensive line was terrible. But, you know, I, I could certainly see them taking a, a tackle and a center in the first two days of this draft. And, and you know, that that would be a lot to, to give two draft picks, two of your top three draft picks to offensive linemen. I think it would be appropriate. Um, there are some good center prospects. We know there are good tackle prospects. And, you know, I agree. Look, if you have Saquon and, and, and Daniel Jones as your two first round picks the last two years, it's like buying these expensive games, uh, video games, and not having the batteries for them. So you got to have the batteries and, and the offensive linemen of the batteries. So um, I'm with you, Jake. Let's improve this offensive line with not only one player, but two players. Beyond offensive line, beyond the possibility of Simmons, what other uh, positions do you think the Giants need to target in this draft? Safety. Free safety, um, you know, do they have one on their roster right now? If you're a believer in Julian Love, then the answer is yes. If you're not, then the answer is no. Uh, they have one safety on the roster who really has any NFL experience, Bill Peppers, and he's a strong safety. So, And they did not address that in, in free agency. So you need to find a guy who can compete at free safety. And look, every year, and every, you know, I would say, what, 30 teams are going into this draft saying, boy, we'd like to find some edge after Chase Young. I don't know. I think 29 of those 30 teams will be disappointed. There are guys out there, but not a great draft for that. You know, second round, third round, I'm not sure you can find them. So at some point they'll draft somebody who they say can help with edge rush. It'll be more of a projection and a developmental guy, you know, but you know, edge rush and, and safety, I think, are two positions. And, and receiver. I think you need another receiver at some point. Look, if they could go and get another Darius Slayton in the fifth round, more power to them. You know, he looks like a real draft hit from last year. And, uh, you know, sure, they have uh, Sterling Shepard. They have Golden Tate. They have Slayton. But I would argue that Sterling Shepard is one concussion away from having a real career decision to make. Golden Tate is 31, entering his 11th year. You know, that's not a, uh, uh, you know, great real estate for a, a receiver. And, you know, we'll see what Slayton can do in year number two. So I would not be surprised if they draft a, a receiver at some point in the next couple of days also in this draft. A couple more minutes with Paul Schwartz the New York Post here on the Blue Rush Podcast. Jake Brown, Steve Serby, Paul Schwartz. Um, some of the guys in one of your mocks, Paul, I just want you to just break down and why they could be a fit. I don't know which of these mocks it was, but it was one of your mocks, uh, safety Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. You talked about wide receiver Lawrence Kager out of Georgia. Cornerback is a big need. You have John Reed later in the draft out of Penn State. And then edge rusher you have in the seventh round, DJ Wanham out of South Carolina. Just break down some of the guys that uh, you've wrote about in either this mock or your other mocks that uh, you think Dave Gettleman will be a fan of? Yeah, that's the first mock um, I've done. Well, look, um, uh, McKinney is a guy, you know, I, I put that mock out and I was told, uh, you know, pretty quickly by some people I trust, I don't think he's going to be there at number 36. Now, as Steve knows from doing all these mock drafts, every time you pick a guy, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure Steve, you will corroborate this. When you pick a guy 25, 26, 27, you know, someone comes back to you right away and said, he's not going to be there. And, there's about 50 guys who are not going to be there. And um, there's only 32 that go in the first round. So some of these guys are going to be there. You know, I think McKinney is a guy. He's from Alabama. Uh, Joe Judge will have a lot of good intel on him. You know, I think he could probably walk in and start at free safety for them. So I like him a lot. Um, you, a guy later in the draft, an edge rusher, uh, Woonham from South Carolina. You know, he had good production. And 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 um, if I remember correctly, I think he was a team captain. So he's a guy you can take a flyer on late in the draft. You know, he's had some production and he's a good quality guy. So 
you can try that. I also think Grant Delpit from uh, LSU. Um, I'm not sure if I've mocked him to the Giants, but I think if he's there in the second round, you could certainly make a case for taking him. And and he could, you know, he's a big, strong safety. He could play alongside Jabril Peppers. You could be set for, you know, five, six years at safety. So, um, you know, safety is a position that kind of was very downgraded uh, in the draft. And now it's kind of coming back up. It's in vogue to draft these, you know, positionless, quote unquote, guys who can play a bunch of positions, maybe play in a little nickel corner. Look, the Giants need impact players on defense. No one will argue that. And one of the McKinney or Delpit, I think, would be an impact player for the Giants. What what will draft night? How bizarre will it be for you? How different? Number two, what are your reminiscences of our dear friend, our fallen soldier, Anthony Causey? Well, I'll start with the second one. Thanks for giving me that opportunity. Look, we all we all took a big, big hit and a big loss. And 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 um, look, hopefully, anyone listening to this has not been hurt by this awful pandemic personally. You know, we know the numbers are terrible, and um, you know, we know. I'm sure we all know people who've had it, but you know, to get hit with this like a, a punch to the gut. I mean, Anthony Causey really started at the Post when I started in 1994, and uh, so I, I've never known a New York Post without Anthony Causey, and you know, just working alongside him, um, you know, being at many events with him, you know, a lot of practices, a lot of shoots. Uh, uh, you know, he was he was kind of an artist with his camera. You know, I, I know he got frustrated some of these Giants practices where he's positioned with the other cameramen and they're far back and he's just getting sort of what everyone else has. You know, that's not what an artist wants to do. He wants to be, you know, taking pictures that only he could take. And, um, you know, I, I wrote in the post about his, um, you know, always kidding around with Jeremy Shockey. I used to always say to him, you know, get Shockey's uh, tattoos because Shockey loved him for that. Um, uh, just this past year, we were in the Giants field house and I was talking to Saquon Barkley one-on-one. And, and after I was done, obviously, um, Anthony was he was uh, monitoring that. And he said, hold on, guys, hold on, pose. You got to pose for a picture. And I don't pose for pictures with, with the players. I That's not my thing. You know, I'm the beat writer. I don't do that. But, you know, Anthony was just not going to take no for an answer. I mean, that's Anthony Corsi. He was a, you know, a force of nature. So, you know, I looked at him and said, I could argue with him, but I'm not doing it. So, and Saquon was very cool with it. So he kind of actually put his arm on my shoulder and we posed and I felt very goofy doing it. And then afterwards, Anthony sent me a picture and it was, you know, a really good picture of the two of us. Um, uh, Saquon is showing his abs and I have not, I am not showing my abs in a picture, thankfully. And, you know, it, it's a, you know, it's a picture I'll treasure and not because it's with Saquon, but because it's one that Anthony sent to me and, you know, made me pose for. Uh, it was, it's a terrible, terrible loss for everybody. You know, his wife and kids, it, it's hard to even talk about, you know, his wife and kids without getting choked up. Um, as far as the draft, yeah, I mean, every year, you know, people think I go to the draft in uh, Radio City or in Chicago or in Las Vegas, wherever it is, but I never do. I go, I go to the draft at the Giants facility, uh, you know, in, in their media room and follow the draft that way. And then, you know, talk to the coach and the room manager, the draft coordinator, um, you know, live, you know, in, in their building. And obviously I'll be in my, I don't even know where yet. I'm trying to figure it out in my basement, probably with a TV, with a laptop, with a snack table. And maybe I'll get my son, Jared, who's a uh, junior at Wisconsin, who's an aspiring journalist to hunker down there with me and help me out. And it's going to be very isolated. There's no question about it. Uh, We're all facing isolation and working through isolation. And it'll be very isolating to be covering a draft by yourself. But, you know, you can do it and we'll do it. And, you know, we'll have good coverage in a post. Steve, I'm sure you'll do it and I'll do it. And, you know, Brian Costello, our fine Jets rider, will do it and we'll get through it. As Joe Judge said on a conference call, this is the least of anyone's problems to you know, a bunch of coaches or now a bunch of football writers, you know, writing about the draft 
draft uh, remotely, you know, that's the least of anyone's problems. We'll do it and um, it'll be fine, but it'll be different. Uh, you know, look, if different is weird is the worst we have, then, we, you know, we're uh, better off. Yeah, well well said, Paul, and well said on Anthony Causey. He will be missed dearly, and you're right. I mean, health and family and safety is the most important thing right now versus, you know, being in, in Vegas and, and taking a boat up to the, the podium with whoever the draft picks are. So, Paul Schwartz, NY Post underscore Schwartz on Twitter. Paul, we'll talk to you next week after the Giants make that fourth pick unless, you know, Dave Gettleman does it first and trades down. Uh, we appreciate the time. All right, guys, stay safe. That's a wrap for this episode of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Big thanks to Steve Serby for co-hosting the show, and thanks to Paul Schwartz for bringing his insight. Listen to all episodes of Blue Rush by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For Steve Serby, I'm Jake Brown. We'll talk to you all next Friday after the Giants make their fourth pick. Stay safe out there, everybody.